Welcome to Gideon Dancers Podcast, where we spend time delving deep into the Word of God. We are glad to have you here and we pray you're blessed. Gideon Dancers, the global lead pastor of Empowerment Worship Center, where God lives. In this sermon, he continues teaching on the Lord's prayers. He narrows it down to forgiveness. From wherever you're listening to us, we hope this sermon encourages you to forgive. Amen. Whilst we're standing, we stand to honor God in the reading of his word in this house as a tradition. So come with me, if you're pleased, the book of Matthew's gospel, the chapter number six, from the verse number nine to the verse number 13. We stand to honor God in the reading of his word as a tradition. This house. So wherever you are, rise up to your feet. The Bible says, after this manner, therefore pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. As it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Smile and say, Forgive, forgive, forgive. We continue our teachings on the Lord's Prayer and we have thus traveled from understanding. The basis for answered prayers. That when we go before God to pray, the disciples went to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. As John taught his disciples how to pray, and Jesus responded in the affirmative and said, when you pray, pray after this manner. Our Father. In other words, when you pray, understand that the basis for answered prayer is that you are approaching your Father. In the place of prayer, we are engaging our Father. We are not talking to an angry God. We are not talking to somebody ready to destroy us. Our God is not angry with us. He's not in the mood to destroy us. When we're young, we're told that God is some angry man waiting for judgment to come and destroy. Just no. When you pray, understand that the basic answer prayer is that you are talking to your Father, your source, your helper, your lover, your deliverer, your teacher, your trainer. One that you came from, he one that knows you more than you know yours. Our Father who dwells in heaven, he sits above all the circles of the earth. He's above every situation, every giant, every attack, every bombardment. He's above. Who art in heaven? He dwells in a perfect place. He dwells. In a place of completion, it dwells in a place of settlement forever. Oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. He dwells in perfection. The God that dwells in perfection will perfect that which concerns your life. Who dwells in heaven? Who art in heaven? Hallowed be holy is your name. Sanctify, unique, awesome, different is your name. You are in a class of your own. You don't have a classmate, you don't have opposite, you are God all by yourself. The opposite of God. God is not the devil. The devil is not God's craftsman. The devil is a creation of God. He cannot be opposite of God. It's not either God or the devil. The devil cannot compare himself. Maybe his classmate may be Archangel Michael, but not God. The opposite of God, therefore, is God. He's God all by himself. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Because the most powerful, the greater, the stronger, the first prayer or request we must place before God is to pray for his kingdom to come because when his kingdom come, my God, everything 
pain is put in divine alignment. I watched Lion King 50 times. And anytime I watch Lion King, I love it because whenever I watch Lion King, I see characters like Scarlet and I see Mufasa. When Mufasa was skinned, the prime land was amazing, was beautiful, was nice. But when Scarlet became king, everything dries up. It matters in whose kingdom you live. Thy kingdom come. When God rules his will, is done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Supply us today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Thank God for today. Be excited for what God has done because God's provision is linked to today. Give us this day because this is the day the Lord has made. We rejoice and be glad in it. Your anxiety is because you are worried about tomorrow but you cannot worry about tomorrow because God holds tomorrow. I want to thank God for where God has brought me for godliness with contentment is great gain. You're clapping. Give on this day. Ah, daily bread. And this morning, we go to forgive us our debts. We are zeroing in on forgive us our debts. I love the way Matthew put this very portion of scripture. Matthew used the word debts. Maybe because your background oftentimes will influence your writing or your speaking. So if it's Peter, just say, I'll make you fishers of men because you understand the language of fish. You're a fisherman, so I'll make you fishers of men. If Paul could address matters concerning the law, because he himself was a Pharisee. He was a professor of the law. He knew the law. So when Paul takes the law and takes the grace, he demystifies it. Because he, he had such wit and understanding because he himself was a type of a lawyer concerning the law, a Pharisee. A student of the law. I know the law. So Paul's background helped him to talk about the law and grace. Look at, read the book of Romans. You understand how Paul demystified the law and, and brought in grace. And so, and so, and so here, Matthew used the word death because Matthew is a task collector. And as a task collector, he understands what it means to owe. When you owe the state, you owe the state. A debt. Because Matthew understood that to all means to fall foul with the state. To all means you are not in proper standing as a citizen. If you don't pay your taxes, you can be arrested, can be imprisoned, can be sentenced to jail. So Matthew is using his background and use the word, he didn't use sin. He used debt. But where debt there is still connected to sin. In Hebrew, when you look at sin, you are looking at first hamatia is the most common and carries the root idea of missing the mark. The mark of God's standard of righteousness. Hamatia means missing the mark. You couldn't meet the mark. You couldn't meet the standard. What is sin? Sin simply means you miss the mark of righteousness. You miss the mark of God's expectation. 
Now man's expectation is different from God's expectation. And God has got a standard. And God's standard is when we fall, when we fall short of God's standard, we have sin. That's hamatia. Then we have paratma. Paratma. Paratma is often rendered as trespass. Trespass is the sin of slipping or falling. As a result of carelessness. So when we talk about trespass, we're talking about something we did that we're not careful. It's like there was water here and I did not take care so I slipped. So it is not intentional sin. It's not something you plan to do. That's what the Bible said. We fall into sin. You fell. You slipped. That's what we call trespass. Then we have then we have parabasis. Refers to us crossing the line or going beyond the limit prescribed by God. It's often translated as transgression. Transgressing means you break the mark of God's law. You go beyond what God said for you to do. The Bible said, and God said to Adam, of all the trees in the garden you may eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will not eat it, but Adam crossed it and Adam ate it. That is transgression. You go beyond the standard. You decide to do something that is not allowed. You have transgressed. Then we have anomaya, which means law lawlessness is a still that one is an intentional one that's what we call flagrant sin it is direct it is open it's rebellious it's against god and his ways this type of sin is when we take a stand and begin to say that what god said it is right is actually wrong and what god says is wrong is actually right it is taking a stand being rebellious doing it without conscience without guilt you don't care about God you don't care about the values of God that is rebellion that is a different dimension of sin we call it rebellion the word death as you say in Greek is ophilema which means deuce duties that which is owed, that which is illegally due. So, when we relate death to sin, any of these sins, it means failure to pay one's debt, one's dues, a failure to do one's duty or to keep one's responsibilities. The word debt which is ophilema, means dues, duties. What is all? That which is legally due. You have to pay your bill. If you don't pay your life bill, your life will be cut. You have to pay your taxes. You have to pay your water bill. Now, for whatever reason why you are not paying, that's a different matter. But you have to pay. You can't use a no pay. That which is due, that which is old, that which must be paid. And so, when Martin said, forgive us our debts, what was he talking about? He was saying that there is the idea behind it is that God is the creator and the father and has given us certain responsibilities Certain things to do and not to do. 
God being the father, the source. God being the creator. There are things that God wants us to do. There are expectations, requirements. There are things that God expects us to do. When we are not able to do those things, we are indebted to God. We are in debt because we did not do what God expected of us to do. Why is God expecting us to do something? God is expecting us to do something because he's God all by himself. He created you. He's your father. And as a father and as a creator, there are responsibilities. There are assignments. There are things God expects of us to do. There are things that God has laid upon a person and necessity is laid on me. There are requirements. There are standards. There are assignments. There are mountains to take. Cities to take. Nations to take. Gospel to preach. Souls to win. Territories to take. We have responsibility. We have assignment. We have a mandate. We have a lifestyle. We have a pattern. There are things God wants us to do. So when Matthew says, forgive us our debt, as we forgive our debtors, what's Matthew saying? Yes, a man sin, a man, the original sin, a man transgressing, a man trespass, a man rebellion, but thank God for all that revelation. But there are some sins we don't even think about. And today, for the purpose of my preaching, I even like to zero in on that. And when we say forgive us our debt, he was not just talking about fornication, adultery, stealing, murder, all that part of it. But oftentimes believers or people who are self-righteous focus on that. And I found out that people who accuse people of something are oftentimes guilty of the same. You know what I said? Okay, 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 you didn't get it. <laughs> when you see them hold people to a certain standard, when you see them accuse people of stuff, what they accuse people of, they are guilty of the same. And so sometimes, when we talk about sin, people refer to, yes, fornication, yes, adultery, yes, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's sin, yes. It's death, yes. We miss the mark, yes, we all go. But even more so, even more so, when we say we are indebted to God, it means that any responsibility or assignment that God wanted you to take that for the lack of faith or because of fear or unbelief or doubt, you couldn't do it. He put you in the place of owing God. So if God said do something and because you are afraid, you couldn't do it, you owe God. If God said take this mountain and didn't build enough faith to the mountain, you owe God. If because of doubt, you are not doing what God wants you to do, you are still owing God. And on that count, I know you haven't committed adultery. I know you are self-righteous. I know you haven't fornicated. I know you are all that kind of stuff. But how many of us in this auditorium has got some fear in your heart? COVID-19 has brought all 
hands of fear to the body of Christ. There is fear everywhere. And because of fear, there are mountains we are refusing to take. There are territories we are not taking. Because of unbelief, there are stuff the enemy is deploying to hold us back. When we say forgive us our debt, it means anything that God gave you to do, any assignment, any responsibility, any ministry, any preaching, any assignment, any business, any class arena, any standing in the God, anything that requires faith, that for the lack of faith, we couldn't do it. It put us in the place of owing God, but today I declare the release of enough faith, enough belief, enough grace to do what God called you. Can you smile in your mouth and tell somebody, I know you haven't committed adultery. But I know you have some fear in your heart. Tell us, I'm beginning to talk to you about this. So I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Tell us, I've been trying to talk to you about this. I know you pray all the tongues, but COVID 19 made you believe that the end of the world has come. You were dead. You are not going to make it. All kinds of fear. Many people thought they had fear. Many people thought they had faith until they found out it's actually fear they have. COVID 19 has revealed your level of faith or your level of fear. But the devil is alive for God has not given us the spirit of fear and to dare every assignment we are to do every calling every mandate every possession every ministry the devil is a liar I'm trusting God for Christ arena I'm trusting God for more souls I'm trusting God for more destiny the devil is a liar I hear the sound of Caleb saying give me this mountain give me this mountain i am not afraid i'm not that for i'm not scared i can do all things through christ your clap for the sick in the house 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 Sustain the clap. Sustain this clap. Sustain this clap. Fear will not hold me. Unbelief will not hold me. Anger will not hold me. Doubt will not hold me. Whatever God told me to do, 2021, I will rise up. I will do it. I will do it. It will happen. Anybody receiving the word of God, will you slap on in the air and shout and say, Yes, I will. I will. I will. I will. So once they forgive us our debt, Matthew was referring not only to trespass, transgression, rebellion, he was also referring to as the responsibilities that for the lack of faith, because of doubt and unbelief and fear and anger, we haven't been able to do. Because when you become born again, there are two things that you'll be dealing with. You are either with faith or fear. That that will provoke fear so he produced the works of fear. And God will provoke faith. 
that produce the works of faith. You are either giving birth to Ishmael or giving birth to what? Isaac. Isaac is a product of faith. Ishmael is a product of fear. Now, both your fear and your faith will give birth. Now, what you give birth to determines what flow you are walking in. Because faith is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. For God has not given a spirit of fear. If you are producing Ishmael, it means you are walking in fear. And if you are producing Isaac means you are walking in faith. The devil is a liar. Your prayer, therefore, is that the just shall live by faith. May, may your faith produce the works of Isaac and not Ishmael. You're clapping. Let's look in the house. I'm going somewhere with this. Our death. Our death. When we talk about death, as you see and sin, in relation to sin, you see, a mistake in math simply means you got the formula wrong so you got the answer wrong everything is wrong an error means a part can be right and a part can be wrong and whether you've got it all wrong or you got a part wrong and a part right there's room to forgive forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors if you understand our debt Meaning, not just transgressing, trespass, or rebellion, but even the lack of ability to assume our responsibility, still being dead. Then when we talk about death, then everybody owes. Everybody owes. Everybody owes. Tell somebody, I know you owe God. So when I look at your face, I know you owe God. When I look at the way you are sitting, I know you owe God. So I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Why do you believe that you don't owe God? You owe God. You owe God. Now, the Bible says, forgive as our debt. Understand, number one, that when we talk about the word forgive, in Greek, the word forgive as usual means to send away, dismiss, to bid, going away, depart. As like, hear me, a husband divorcing the wife. When I mentioned the word, they all go, oh, prophet, what are you talking about? The word is a good word, depending on how you are using this. So, when the Bible said, forgive our debt, it means depart, send away, remove, to divorce, to be released, to be free, to be untied, to be loose from our debt. Oh my God. The word forgive as used here in relating to the word forgive in relating to divorce stands to reason and means that when a man picks a woman to marry by reason of the marriage the woman loses her maiden name and the name of a husband is placed on her and that husband becomes her covering her head the one that is a leader the one that controls the house because the husband is the covering the 
husband becomes the head and the bible says forgive and when we talk about forgive we are talking about divorcing when such a woman who once had her own maiden name is now called by the husband as a covering as a head when such a woman goes to court to divorce the name of the husband is removed from her and she now pick up her own name what does it therefore means to forgive means to divorce debt forgive us our debt mean to separate us to break the link to remove the ring of sin and debt to be separated to be free the bible said sin shall not have dominion over me for when sin abound grace does abound the more I don't know who I'm talking to but when you become born again you are divorced you are separated you depart from sin you are not sin conscious you are not controlled by sin what control the old testament can control you for sin shall not have dominion I wish you can smile and tell somebody I'm free from sin. You are not speaking and say I'm free from sin. Somebody ought to speak say I'm free from sin. Tell us I've been forgiven. I've been set free. I've been loose. Have you seen a woman divorced before? That woman is freed from the headship of that husband. She's been released. She no longer has got her, the husband as the head. She's a free woman. The Bible said, He who Christ set free is free indeed. You can be divorced and can be remarried. And when you divorce with sin, you marry with grace. When sin abound, grace does abound them more. I was once upon a time tied out to sin, controlled by sin, hijacked by sin, but I've been separated from sin and I'm now transformed and connected to grace. Anybody excited that you are the product? You are the product of God's grace. The word forgive means to divorce, to be free, remove the ring of sin. My problem with you is that you are too sin conscious. They are sinning. They are sinning. It's a sin. Mr. Old Testament. The way they are working together, they are sinning. When I look at their faces, they just sin. When I look at the way they are talking, when I look at the way the preacher is dressed, it's like he's a sinner. We have become sin conscious. But sin shall not have dominion over you. Forgive, divorce. We have divorced from sin. It was the Old Testament that sin married to them. Sin was married to them in the Old. In the New Testament, there's grace. There's too much work on the finished work on the cross for sin to have dominion. For where sin abound, grace abounded the more. The Bible said to the unrighteous 
all things are unrighteous. To the unjust, all things are unjust. The devil is a liar. The spirit of life in Christ, the spirit of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the spirit of sin and death. There, you see, all you need is a higher law to free you from an older law. In the Old Testament, the law was sin. The law was the sin and death. It was the law that brought sin and death. In the New Testament, the greatest law is the love of God. For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. I'm no longer under sin. I've been freed. I've been divorced. I am a free person for he who the son set free. Oh, you're clapping a second housewife. Forgive us our debt. Understand, number one, church, that when you become born again, your sins are forgiven. When you talk about your sins being forgiven, it means that the original sin, Romans said, for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God, the original sin, the sin that was sin on your behalf by Adam, the sin that made you accessible and gave you the weakness and the proclivity and the natural predisposition to become weak to sin. That original sin, you've been forgiven when you become born again. Then you're also forgiven of your sins. So there's a sin and sins for all have sinned one singular. That one is a sin that was sin on your behalf. Original sin. Every believer is forgiven. Don't let the marks ask. Every believer is forgiven. Tell some I'm forgiven. Tell some you are forgiven. Tell some I am forgiven. I'm free. I'm released. I am untied. I'm set free. Can you smile? I know who I am. I am forgiven. I've been freed. I've been untied. I've been released. I am a free person. Anybody knows and knows that in Christ you are forgiven. That in Christ you are free. That in Christ you are divorced. You're clapping a signal. You're clapping a signal in the house right now. Forgive us our debt. Now, you've been forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. And there's also provision for you to be forgiven. The Bible says, if we say we have not sinned before, the truth is not in us and we lie. But God is faithful and just. When we confess our sins, he'll forgive us. So it means that you are forgiven your original sin. You are forgiven of your sins. But there is still room to sin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody told you that you don't sin or become born again, they are preaching dangerous gospel. There's provision for you to be forgiven, but you can still sin. Romans, let me show you something. Romans says, Romans chapter number 40 verse 23 says, He that doubted is of what he eat because he eateth not of faith for whosoever is not of faith sin for whatsoever is not of faith is sin so anytime we don't walk in faith at all we have sinned 
I know you haven't fornicated. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. For the past one month, but I know that you have some doubt issues. Anybody got some doubt issues right now? Anybody doubting whether God can do it or not? Anybody doubting whether it will happen or not? Anybody doubting the miracle take place or not? Anybody doubting about your kids' future? Your children's destiny? Your ministry? Your miracle Christ arena? Anybody doubt? Anybody questioning? Anytime we walk in doubt and we walk in lack of faith, we have sin. You're clapping and saying, the problem is that we connect sin you see, we connect everything in our work with God to works. But it's not really works, it's your faith. It's either faith or fear that just shall live by faith, not by his works. Because the works itself are product of your faith. And without the focus of the New Testament is the level of your faith or the level of your fear. Because whatever you are producing is either through faith or through fear. And so Paul says that he that doubted is in damn if he eat. Because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now the question to you, Rana, you say you don't sin, right? That's what they told you by New Christian Reality Preachers. Now I'm saying that, have you doubted before? So have you sinned before? Are you still sinning? Yeah, you are still sinning. But the good news is that it doesn't end at your sin. There's room, grace, provision for the forgiveness of your sin. You're clapping, it's sick in the house. So he says, forgive us our debts. Forgive us, Pastor Joseph, for the lack of faith. Forgive us, Pastor Samuel, for our doubts. Forgive us for our unbelief, our fear. Because it is a fear that made you fornicate. You're not even dealing with the source. You are, you are dealing with the work. You're not looking at the source. Is that you, you, you are afraid of who to take care of you. So it made you open to some stuff. So it's a fear more so than the works. It's a faith more so than the works. Hear me, church. So forgive us our debt. As you forgive our debtors. Now, somebody asked a question. So, Prof, does it mean that I can only be forgiven by God when I forgive someone? No. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. No, it doesn't mean that if I don't forgive you, God won't forgive me because God is God all by himself. Otherwise, God is not God. God is God all, God is sovereign. God is the ruler. God is God. So, when it comes to forgiveness, it's in the hands of God. You're clapping in the second house right now. I'm going somewhere with this. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us for the lack of faith. Forgive us for lack of doubt. Forgive us for, lack. Forgive us for fear. Forgive us for worry. Forgive us for panic. Forgive us for anxiety. Forgive us for depression. Forgive us, oh God, that we have not been able to do what you want us to do because we are afraid of people gossiping and lying and insulting. And saying all sorts of things about forgive us. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debt. Does it mean that when I forgive, that's when one God will forgive me? No. God will forgive me. God has a right to forgive. So the first portion of forgiveness goes to God. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debt. You see, so prof, then how does forgiveness our debt? 
and our debtors connect. The connection is not that because if God needs to look at what you do in order to do for you what he would do for you, then there will be a problem because God is gone all by himself and God can do it anyway. But the only connection we did is that God is a God of principle and there's a principle that God operates in the kingdom, that sustains the kingdom, that keeps the kingdom, that drives the kingdom, that moves his kingdom for the example the Bible said give and it's a giving unto you, good measure, press down shaking together some men give to your bosom, for example the Bible said, so long as the earth remain, see time and heaven winter and cold summer and cold, winter and summer, see wait, see time and harvest winter and summer, heat or cold, it's a never cease there are principles upon which God has established the kingdom and one of such principles is that I will forgive you and you are also required to forgive somebody, when you forgive, as I forgive you, you got to practice what I did in your life you got to replicate you got to push, you got to do what have been done unto you because you cannot despise a principle and want the same principle to work for you. You can't break the principle and want the same principle to work for you. And so as I forgive you, you have to practice the same principle of forgiving others. When I forgive you, you forgive others. When I release you, you release others. When I untie you, you untie others. As I lose you, you lose others. You've been freed to free. You've been set free to set others free. You've been healed to heal. You've been delivered to deliver. You've been rescued to rescue. It's a principle. So, we go deep. Can I go a bit deeper? Can I go a bit deeper? So, watch this. So, the principle starts to work. So, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Jesus opens up to the principle of debt and debtors. Then came Peter to him, said, Lord, it must be Peter. Nobody else, it should be Peter. Who else will ask this question? Peter, not go ask this question. Man of God, that guy is from Bukong. The guy is a fisherman. The guy is very, very real. See, when I say Bukom, you are sitting there thinking something. They are real people. They don't play games. What you see, what you get. The guy is a fisherman. The guy wears his emotions on his lips. You see him, you see how he's thinking. He's not pretending. He's not passive-aggressive. So Peter goes to say, Lord, I need to talk to you. It was believed that one of the disciples had of one, a particular guy. It was believed by Bible theologians that one particular guy was doing something to him every day. So he needed clarity to deal with him. So he went permission from Christ because Thomas was doing something to him. So he goes to Jesus. Jesus, how often? Tell me how often should a brother, should one person, a brother, take advantage of you? And trouble, 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 trouble you. Jesus, talk to me. Seven times he added. 
Now, in the Hebrew, you cannot talk about numbers. Just and look at it literally. Numbers in the Hebrew had meaning. So when we see a number, it's not just a literal number. There's a meaning. So Peter said seven times. The number seven means the number of perfection. So is it that after seven times, is it finished? After seven times, is it done? Or it also means seven is a number of perfection. So when he has done it seven times, is he supposed to learn and be perfected so he doesn't do it again? Talk to me. Master, just look at him. Just answer. And say, just answer to him and say, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Now, many preachers are preaching and say, man of God, that seventy times seven, which is what, 490, means that, just was saying that nobody will offend you 490. So when you say 70 times 7, means that forgive, sir, because nobody can do that in a day. And I say, no, you haven't met a bad person before. You haven't met somebody who's on your case before who will offend you 490 times and he will do it. One, two, three. He will do it 500 times. So the, what Christ was talking about was not the number of times. The numbers he used had revelation behind it. It's a 70. What is the number 70? The number 70 in Hebrew means maturity. It means rulership. It means dominion. It means you have come of age. So the Bible said 70 elders was the spirit of Moses put on them. They were elders because they were 70. 70 is the number of eldership, the number of maturity. 70 disciples, Christ sent two to uh, the number of maturity. The Bible said the days of a man on earth uh, shall be 70 years. Uh, 70 uh, is when you've come of age. Uh, you've matured. Uh, you got dominion. Uh, so when Jesus said no, uh, it should be 70 times. Uh, what he was saying uh, was that when it comes to forgiving others, uh, it's not not that the people materials it's not about the people but it's about you the number of times you must forgive the person should be the number of times you mature it should be in a place where you forgive and forgive and forgive until you are at 70 until you are mature until you have dominion over it until it doesn't hurt anymore until it doesn't offend you for great peace have those who love the Lord and nothing shall offend them. You must get to a place in your work with God where it doesn't offend you anymore. It doesn't hurt anymore. I forgive you. I release you. I dispatch you. I untie you. You are forgiven. Seventy times. Will you smile and tell somebody it doesn't hurt anymore? Tell somebody today, say, I've forgiven you. Say, you are forgiven even before you did it. Come on, so say, I release you. It doesn't hurt anymore. The devil is a liar. 
the devil is a liar the bible says and god said to cain sin lied at your door and it's a rule over you but you should have dominion over sin it's either the offense rules your life or you rule over the offense and when you hit 70 you have the power you have the grace you have the oil you have the strength to rule over your sin you insulted me but i forgive you ah you curse me but i forgive you you've been a painful it's been painful but i trust god because at this point i am focusing on my healing and not yours because forgiveness is for my good i gotta be healed you can't control me you can't use it against me i am free i am released i have forgiven you it doesn't hurt anymore i am a free man 70 the number of maturity the problem many of us that we think that forgiveness is about the person we are forgiving no it's about you tell somebody you must be healed tell somebody that you are still talking about it means you are not healed tell somebody you must hit 70 so you must hit 70 you must be matured so you must get to a place where you can read your post it doesn't hurt anymore. You are not anxious anymore. It must get to a place where the worst you don't hear anymore. It must get to a place where the impact of what they did doesn't hurt anymore. It must get to a place where you can look at them and say, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they do. Because people will do what they know best to do. And I must do what I know best to do. And I know it is best to forgive. I know it's best to release. I know it's best to mature. I know it's better to hold on. I know it's best to release. 70 times I'm working on my own maturity you're clapping a second house right now 70 times 70 times 70 times so Jesus established a principle I'm almost done preaching he opens a revelation and says let me establish a principle so he goes on verse 23 let me show you how it works he says therefore is a kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king who would take account of his servants the Bible says, next verse says, and when he had begun to reckon, one was brought to him which owed him 10,000 talents. The number 10,000 in Greek means multitude. The number 10,000 means multitude. Understand that when it comes to sin, it's too much. When it comes to your sin, it's too much. Can I talk to a church right now? With 10,000. Verse, verse 25 says, for as much as he had not to pay, his, his Lord commanded him to be sold his wife and children, and all that he had, payment be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and lose him, from, lose him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. So he owed 10,000 talents. And someone owed hundred pence. Understand that there is no amount of sin a brother has committed against you that can be compared to what you have done against God. You are always in the 10,000 and a brother is always in the hundreds. You can't even compare. You can't compare what they did to you to what you have done to God. Because when it comes to God's standard, you can never meet and you break it every day. But found on seven, seven, owed him a hundred pence and he laid his hands on him and took 
him by the, by the throat. Took him by the throat. Oh. Many of you are holding people like this. When God should hold you like this. Be <laughs> Held him by the throat. For literal. Many people think that because of what you are there, they can silence your voice. You can't silence me. You didn't call me. And the Bible says, I'm almost done. Pay me that, 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 always. Next verse says, and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me, and I'll pay thee the same words he used to God. The servant is using it, and he can't even relate it. Many of us can't relate the same words you have been using to God to the what people are using to you. You are asking God for forgiveness, and people ask for, and can't connect that. You, there's a word for, you have heard it before, because you use it. And as others are using it, you have to hear. And you easy. He will not. But when and cast him into prison, he put him in prison till he should pay the debt. Oh, so when his fellow servant saw what was done, they were very sorry and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then the Lord, after he had called the servant, said unto him, all that wicked son. He was not wicked by what he did against God. He was wicked by what he did to the brother. See, God looks at what you do to the brother. Because you see, you can't love God and hate the brother. Because the only thing in the earth that looks like God is your brother. The only thing in the earth that is of God is your brother. We, it's in the Old Testament, we are created in his image. Okay, In the New Testament, we are his offspring. We move from just, you can look like somebody, not be the person's child. We are not just looking like God, we are actually God's children. And you cannot hate God's child and love God. Your clapper is singing the house right now. Finish with this. So, Bible says, I forgive thee all that, that dead because thou desired me. And look at, should us not also have forgiven and have compassion on fellow seven even as I had pity on thee? Verse 34 said, and his Lord was wroth. And delivered him unto the tormentors till he should pay what all that he was due unto him. Delivered unto the tormentors. Now the principle of the revelation is that if you don't forgive your brothers, you break a principle that you are operating. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. When you operate it, it works for you. If you don't operate it, it doesn't work for you. You cannot despise what you want to exalt. You can't despise the same thing when it suits you and exalt it when you want it. That was what happened to Absalom. I finished with this. Absalom was held by what his brother did. He will not forgive the brother. He held on to it. And hear me, church. Anytime you walk in this life of unforgiveness, unforgiveness draws marks on you. Unforgiveness will always put you in a certain place in life. And they come up, and there are many of you in this journey of life. This is the way you look. You look like our brother standing here. Your life for years, for days, for months, and some of you for decades. It's like this. Your life is full of frustration because unforgiveness will lead into frustration. Regret. Why did I allow this to happen to me? I see you have the power for it to happen to you. Hurt. 
your heart is hurt. Your brain and mind is hurt. It's a life of pain. Every day it hurts. You feel the pain. Anger. You feel like doing something. It's full of bitterness. It's growing. It's gaining root. Revenge is coming to you. You want to retaliate and do back and do something crazy. And you still now live in hatred. And there are many of you. This is the life you are leading. And every offense will create sores and wounds. And many of you would bandage in life. You have all kinds of sin underneath what you are wearing. Anger. Frustration. That was a story of Absalom. Because he did not forgive what his brother did unto him. He allowed it to grow and grow and grow until one day he took the laws into his own hand. May I submit to you today that unforgiveness will destroy you. Unforgiveness will crush you. Unforgiveness can break you. Unforgiveness is not for the person who offended you, but it's for your own self. How long can you continue to be angry, live regret, be hurt, be frustrated, be bitter, and walk in hatred? It is not you. And from today, I'm calling you to a deeper, a better, amazing, and a blessed place. Let the bondage, let the hate be removed. Let the bitterness go. You deserve better. You can get better. You are too blessed. God has better provisions for your life. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me, church. It's either you are removing this to get this, or you keep this and miss this. Forgive. See, that's why people can forgive are givers. If you're not a giver, you can't give. To forgive is a type of giving. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. There is something God wants to give you. When you forgive others, God will forgive you. When you give out, my God, you have no idea what God wants to give you. You got to give out for God to give to you. It's either you are holding back and God is waiting on you to give to you. You're clapping the second house right now. And the problem many of us is that we think that God will build on our foundation. So we want to wear this and take this. God will not build on your bitterness. Joseph, you can't be bitter and become prime minister. Until you forgive your brothers, you can't. So until you forgive your brothers, until the bitterness goes, it will repeat itself. So Potiphar must do it to you. Potiphar must do it to you. Potiphar must do it to you. And even prison must happen because you haven't learned. You got to learn how to remove the bitterness so God can put something better on Sultan! This morning, it is a choice to keep this and I keep this. Or remove this and I give you this. And there are many of you, that's where you are. You are holding on to bitterness, to anger, to pain, to hurt. You are the Absalom of our time. It's been hunting you. It's been pursuing you. This morning, I hear God say, remove this. Give out this. And I'll give you this. And there are many of God are speaking to you. But it's your posture. But today, as the voice of God is sounding to you, let not the voice of the enemy rule over you. Bitterness can't control you. 
Anger can control you. Hatred can control you. Frustration can control you. You are better than that. There is a better life out for you. And I'm challenging you to forgive, to release, to give out. Can I talk to a church right now? Forgive. If the word of God is touching you, you got to remove it now. 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 Don't let the enemy hold you. Don't let the devil hold you. Don't let your past hold you. Don't let your friends hold you. Don't let what happened 10 years ago control your destiny. You are better than this. You are stronger than this. Your healing has come. Your peace is here. Your joy is here. Your next level is here. Your hope is here. There's a future. There's a destiny. There's a dimension. There's a realm. There's a place. How long will you continue to play with your past? To hold on to this? Hear me church. So long as you keep this, God will keep this. And this is not good. This is good. Is someone ready to remove yours right now? I ready to move yours right now. I ready to move yours right now. I ready to let it go right now. And as you forgive, as you forgive them, God will forgive you. And I declare today, your government is changing. Your story is changing. Your destiny is changing. Bitterness is going for healing to come. Your past is going. Welcome your future. The anger is going. The joy of the Lord is taking over. I declare for you. Your past can hold your future. Anybody feel transformed? Anybody feel relieved? Anybody feel released? Anybody on time? Hear me, church. Whilst you are standing, hear me, church. I finish with this. Pastor Joseph, do you know that Absalom died on a tree? Because he, he thought he was wiser than his father. You see, unforgiving people think they are wiser than God who is asking to forgive. That's why Absalom put a table by his father's house. Because he thought he was wiser. Many of you think you are wiser than the king of kings. Forgiveness is not for the best for you. Absalom thought he was wiser. He kept on. He judged his brother. You know what happened? Absalom died. He died on the cross. He died on a tree. Whenever you don't forgive others, you can't run to the cross. You cannot hold on to others. And go to the cross for forgiveness. If you don't forgive others, you must hang yourself on your own cross, which is your own tree. You are either going to die for your own self or you're going to forgive others in order to enjoy what Christ did for you on the cross. When you forgive, you can enjoy the finished works on the cross. I don't know about you, but this morning I want to be like Zacchaeus. I thought I could climb my own tree because I was short of the glory of God. I was short. I have fallen short of the standard. So I'm climbing a tree to see God. But just Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to climb a tree for you. You can't climb for yourself. Come down because I'm going to hang on the tree for you. This morning, Christ hung on the tree so you don't get hung on the tree. You either choose the path of Absalom or choose the path of Christ. I can't die for myself. I can't be killed on my own tree. I'm tapping into the grace, the mercy, the blood on the cross of Calvary, where Christ hung on the tree. You're clapping. It's sick in the house. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to this sermon on forgiveness by Gideon Dancel. We hope this message encouraged you to forgive. I entreat you to listen to the second part of this message if you want to learn how to forgive, forget and move forward. Connect with Gideon Dancel on all our social media handles. You can join us in person for any of our Sunday family services, 7am, 9am, 11am and 6pm. We promise you a worship-filled atmosphere that will bless you and your family.